the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Hello, welcome again to the Worldview Media Podcast. Things are a little bit different today. My normal broadcast partners will not be here. It's me and the new kid. It's our youngest daughter, Reagan. Hello, 17-year-old Reagan. Hello, old man dad. <laughs> I'm not old. Well, maybe I am. Okay, so the reason it's just us two is because somehow, I don't think we planned it, it just kind of worked out that Reagan and I have been watching together The Walking Dead on Netflix. And uh, so we're just making our way through. We're not really binging or anything, but... Uh, <laughs> Close to it sometimes, some days. What's the most we've watched? Like three, Like one four day. or five. No. No, four for sure. No way. Yeah. We watched four. three No, it was four. Well, so that was a waste of a day. <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyway, that's kind of been it's kind of a weird father daughter thing to do to watch zombie uh, stuff, but that's what we've been doing. We'll try not to give away spoiler stuff in case somebody else wants to start watching or something watching. like that. We are not caught up at all. We're just about to be done with season three. There. It looks like the storyline is about to come to a head between the good guys holed up in the prison and the bad guys at Woodbury. And we're not sure how that's going to turn out. We have our bets and stuff like that. So uh, let's talk about this just a little bit. It's been out for a while, and the reason I didn't ever watch it or didn't want to watch it, I thought it was just going to be stupid and... Yeah. I had seen one scene, like I told you about, and it was one scene I stumbled across, and it was so gross and disgusting <laughs> that I decided, man, I don't, I don't need this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it's one where a hero is forced to kill a zombie, and then he winds up taking a bone out of the zombie's arm in order to further defend himself against bad guys that were coming after him. That was the only weapon he had around, was the sharp, broken bone of a zombie's yeah. arm. And and, uh, and as gross as that sounds, I thought it was way worse to watch that I actually that didn't happen. think it was that bad. You didn't think that no. was bad? No. There have been some gross things, though. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And the effects in the show are really... Yeah. Pretty, pretty great. I think, yeah, I think both Reagan and I have been surprised by how much we do enjoy the show. And what would you say, what are some things that you like about it? I really like that the story has some depth to it. It's not just um, very surface trying to survive and not thinking about morals and uh, just sort of trying to kill any zombie and just kind of 
it's not so much survival of the fittest, but there is a lot of underlying story in the plot and a lot of character development that's really thought through. And uh, I just think it's really a well thought out show. It's good storytelling. Right, it really is. It really is. And I'm with you. I was surprised by how much you get attached to the characters. They're yeah. not surface level. They're they're three-dimensional kind of characters. Right, and the thing about The Walking Dead is any of the characters are liable to get taken off, so you're never <laughs> sure. You actually feel yeah. a little nervous. Yeah, you're them. never yeah. sure which characters are going to stay and which ones aren't going to go, so that always keeps you on the edge of your seat as well. Yeah, I think that's been, from what I've seen, that's kind of the reputation of that show is that they're not afraid to kill off major characters with no warning. Yeah, no joke. (laughs) And that's kind of shocking when it happens when, because, you know, TV has trained us that no matter how bad it looks, you know, your favorite character is going to make it. Right. The starship enterprise is going to make it through at the end of the hour because there's no show if they don't. And we've been trained that way with every show around, but here comes Walking Dead, and man, they'll kill off some people, you know? (laughs) Yeah, they're not afraid to kill off more than just zombies. (laughs) Right. But I'm with you. I think the character development has been really good, and I think we've talked before about uh, the fact that they're not surface level. They really do deal with some moral issues Mm -hmm. and, and try to think deeply about what's right Right. and wrong and where do we actually get those ideas from right and it's not a cheesy way out of any of those um, ideas either yeah and now on the flip side of that we're talking about the fact that the characters are three-dimensional and that there really is some depth of thought to the story but on the other side they're not beyond doing stuff just because it's fun to do right there's a lot of gross stuff that's just kind (laughs) of there for it doesn't advance the plot at all but it's super gross and it just freaks you out and and there it is just to prove that it's a zombie show right still keep that in mind (laughs) bring that back up that's the first time i've ever watched a show that i actually saw someone it was you but i actually saw someone snacking while eating (laughs) that the scene came along where you just put the food to the side (laughs) oh yeah that's the first time i've ever done that too i'm a big it was so gross movie tv show eater but yeah yeah, that some of those scenes they get pretty gnarly they're not afraid to push the limits of zombie destruction (laughs) (laughs) right and and I think that's to their credit. The special effects are really excellent. The I mean, it's gross, really but uh, it's believable in yeah. the story and, and all that. So, And then the thing that I have appreciated about it is that it's it's caused you and I... We don't just watch one episode and watch another and watch another. Generally, that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. But, like, the next day after we've watched these episodes, we'll get back together and say... What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> so what, here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> right. What should they do now? What should the yeah. good guys do? They're in a bit of a pickle here. And right. If it was you and you were here, how would you get out? And I think what that's done is it's made us... It's forced us to kind of think strategically and yeah, and talk about what is the right thing to do right here and... Mm-hmm. and like uh well well I guess we'll get into that as we go but 
I just wanted to point out some of the things that I think make it worth watching. Now, it may jump the shark at some point yeah. and all that, and I'm scared that it will. Yep, but in the first three seasons, at least, I'm really impressed with the storytelling. Yeah. And, like I say, the ability that it has to make us have conversations about it and stuff. Yeah, and think about it after and kind of chew on it a little bit. <laughs> right. And so... In just a little bit after our break here, we'll get into specifics about some of those things that we've talked about. Really fun, really interesting. So here's our break, and we'll be back shortly. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Okay, we're back. It's me and youngest daughter Reagan and we're talking about The Walking Dead and we're going to start asking some of the questions that have to do with the biblical covenant and the first point is about transcendence and this is talking about who's really in charge and this surprisingly it's a question that really does get explored oh, yeah. quite a bit in The and Walking Dead and it's a Dead. dilemma a lot of the time too yeah it's a big deal it's kind of it affects characters and it affects the way they go about things sure yeah and what i mean specifically is i guess it might have been season two when they were first on the farm mm -hmm. that the question was asked quite a bit uh how can you possibly believe in god when the whole world is going to hell like this and yeah and with everything going crazy and all this death and destruction around, how can you believe in God? And that was a real question that characters were asking, and they were asking it, I felt like, honestly. Yeah. And there were several characters that have had an abiding faith. Uh, a Christian character, this Herschel guy, right. and he's trying to raise his daughters as Christians with varying levels of success and, yeah. and all that but uh but you know it's a common question that they've asked and the main character struggling with the same issues and seeking guidance from god and, and stuff like that and, and uh so i've really appreciated it and i think it's got to pay off at some point you know there have we've seen a couple of characters go through what you would have to call a crisis of faith and how are they going to keep believing? And I, I'm not sure those have been resolved yet. Do you think they have? No, I don't think so. I think they're going to 
pop back up at some point. Yeah, I kind of think so. I have my speculations as to how they'll pop back up, but <laughs> I won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Now, as far as we know, I think the explanation for why the zombies came, some zombies, I think the original zombie movies like Night of the Living Dead and, and stuff like that back in the 70s, I think those were kind of supernatural, that the the dead were undead, like vampires, and, or kind of cousins to vampires or something. But generally now in zombie movies, it's all about some kind of disease or something. That, and that seems to be what we're dealing right. with here. Some but, sort of virus. Yeah, some sort of virus. But it does, there do seem to be hints along the way that there really is a providential hand kind of guiding those who survive and stuff like that too many things coincidental to mm -hmm. not be right. you know enough to make you think anyway and, and so I've really appreciated that and I don't know how they're going to resolve it they may come out on an unbelieving side and stuff but uh, at least they're being honest enough to have the conversation and have it for real yeah you know and that's something you don't see a lot of the time in television shows or movies in this yeah. day and age. Right. Mostly so, it's just people want to shove that under their carpet. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. One thing that I thought, too, is that I think I noticed at the farm when they do bring up the topic of God, nobody's upset about going into that conversation. Yeah. Hey, almost in today's world, you almost feel like, Nobody wants to, you're going to get in trouble for bringing up the topic of God mm -hmm. or something like that. And that's not the way it is in that world. Right. And I think if, if that world was real, it would, it would, that's the way it would be. You'd have to start talking about God at, the, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think it would be very natural at that point. And all the political correctness and, and stuff like that just goes out the window in a situation like that. So transcendence, it's kind of hinted at. There's something there, and and they do kind of talk about it and discuss it. We haven't seen a payoff yet. But if we move to the second point of the covenant, which is who represents that transcendent power the most, is there a... I was kind of wondering. It doesn't seem to me like there's an option besides Herschel, right. the guy that we talked about, the Christian guy that owned the farm. And he, you know, he's still reading his Bible and <laughs> yeah. leading his daughters and reading the Bible together and stuff like that. And now that the guy who used to be the conscience in the group is no longer part of the group, yeah. uh, Herschel's kind of taken that over. He's yeah. the voice of wisdom and rational approaches to this and that. And so for me, I think representation has got to be Herschel. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Okay. I think so. Now, ethics is the third point of the covenant where we talk about what's right and what's wrong. And here is where a zombie story really does almost always present you with ethical challenges. You oh, know? Yeah. Uh, like, for instance, if zombies are after you and your buddy, it's, we've <laughs> already seen you don't have to outrun all the zombies, you just have to outrun your buddy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... You know, maybe your buddy runs faster than you do. Now what are you going to do? Well, some characters, their decision is to cripple their buddy so he can't run very fast anymore, <laughs> you know. And 
and so those sorts of things do come up all the time and it's come up several times with Rick how important the main character yeah, Rick is the main character yeah Rick the uh, what's he a sheriff's deputy yeah he's a sheriff I think, the, or he's a police I, I think yeah. he was in the sheriff's department I might be wrong but anyway he's confronted several times already by the third season with the idea of how important is one member of our group and what will we risk or what will we sacrifice for the sake of the trying to group. rescue this person or you know how much do we risk to save this one person if it's going to endanger the group Everyone and, else. yeah and so yeah. we do see that quite a lot and every time he's chosen to go after the one you know in, mm -hmm. in spite of the risk and and clearly, in the way the story is told, that's the right thing for him to do. Mm -hmm. In this world, you know, that winds up being the right thing. And, yeah. But I think the thing that you and I have wondered about a lot is, if you get in this situation, this post-apocalyptic world where society's falling apart, is that just the end then? Because that's kind of the way that the characters act a lot as well. We used to be civilized, but now we're in this different right. world. And, and Because... Because circumstances have changed, they feel like, okay, maybe those rules, some characters, I think, feel like maybe those rules don't apply, and maybe the line of good and bad is blurred, and things have switched over, and, right. you know, which I don't think is true, Yeah. Um, looking at how Rick's group um, goes about things, Yeah. and how they always come out. Of those things <laughs> <laughs> right we're trying not to give stuff away but, yeah. <laughs> but I think you're right and and at least as I'm watching it I'm seeing a bunch of people and and maybe I'm putting my own ideas on them but I see a bunch of people who probably never thought very much about you know why do I think this is right you know before the zombie apocalypse hit they're just going along comfortably and pretty much living like everybody else lives. But now, how do you know what's right and what's wrong? And that becomes, that's huge. That's throughout almost every episode. How do you know? Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate the fact that there are, at least with Herschel, there's a Christian voice there once in a while. He did, he has his weak moments too and, and all that. But generally speaking, the character's when they're in their right mind, they kind of come down on the right side of the thing. Yeah. Now, Rick gets under under some pressure, and he kind of feels like, I wouldn't, I'm, I feel like I'm forced to do something that I don't think is good. Yeah. But he kind of backs off of that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, when he might be able to trade a member of the group for peace right. and safety and decides not to do it. And, stuff and like I think that. that's kind of realistic, too, because just looking at, like, their journey and some of the decisions that they've made, while they may be right, sometimes they trade something and they lose something and they're sacrificing something for the greater good, as you would say. So I think in Rick's mind at that moment that you're talking about, he's thinking, well, maybe if I don't necessarily do the right thing. I think he felt like he knew the right thing. I think he yeah. knew the right thing all right, along, right. but he kind of decided to... Maybe try and persuade himself, well, maybe if I didn't exactly do this right thing, it would still turn out okay. Right. But I think it was neat that the writers um, decided to have him stay true to his character 
of trying to be do the moral thing and the ethical thing and um, do the right thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. And to me, that makes for a super interesting story. Yeah. You know? And and I thought the writers said something. There's one time when Herschel and Rick are having a a discussion, maybe on the deck of the farmhouse or something, and. And Rick's looking for some reason to have hope for the future and, and all that. And he says, well, I don't know how we can have hope when everything around us is death. And eventually we're all going to get caught and we're all going to die. And how can you have hope? And I thought Herschel's line was great. I can't quote it, but he said something like, but Rick, it's always been that way. Yeah, it's you just know, a different way. This even time. before the zombies, it's we all wind up dead, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so this just kind of brings it in your face a little bit more and it makes it feel like it might happen tomorrow where you don't normally yeah. feel that, although it, it might happen tomorrow. Yeah. The illusion of everything being secure and death being far away. The zombies kind of destroy that illusion. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought that was a great line or a great idea that, you know, in this zombie world... Yeah, everything looks depressing and dark, and and trying to build for the future looks futile. But really, nothing has changed between that world and this one. You know, it's death is still something you got to deal with, and we all have to deal with, and nobody's going to escape, and and all mm-hmm. that. So, I really thought that was a great insight. I appreciated that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Any other particular ethical things that got you? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, uh, when characters, just one thing is when characters end up doing the bad thing, you can definitely see how it affects them yeah. and affects um, the way they think and the way they act. Right. A couple of the characters have made really bad choices and done the wrong thing, and you can see that, wow, that really comes to a head and that eventually gets them in trouble, <laughs> you know? Right. The people that have done bad things never. It's hard to recover. Keep going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, and that kind of leads us to point four of the covenant, which is talking about sanctions and about in the biblical covenant, nobody gets away with anything. You know, every evil deed is punished eventually, and every every good deed, God sees those and will reward those as well. And so we kind of ask in this section, it, does that hold true in this world? And you just kind of pointed out it really does. We could name a couple that turned out bad. We won't spoil anything. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But if you're like us, you kind of saw it coming. You're like, oh no, this isn't going to be good. He's got to go. She's got to (laughs) go. They got to (laughs) go. Maybe he, maybe she. Yeah, at some point or another. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've seen that a lot too. The other thing I saw and I thought was great. I really thought this was great, and just in terms of storytelling, as long as it pays off the right way. And I don't know if it will or not, but at one point, Rick is feeling pressed, and he doesn't know what to do, and he asks God for a sign that he's doing the right things. And and immediately after he asks for that sign, like the worst possible thing happens. Mm-hmm. And, right, I can't talk about that. Right. But... Uh, but it looks like maybe he's in the middle of getting his good sign. You yeah. know, that's what it looks like. And he's kind of smiling and looking like he's having an epiphany. And suddenly, bam. Uh, yeah, just in an instant, it becomes the most 
horrific yeah. thing. And, uh, and for me, I was thinking, well, we'll just say this. There was a character that Rick was searching for and didn't know where to find this character and prayed that God would give him a sign, show him that he's doing the right thing as a leader and stuff. And I was thinking the cheesiest thing to do, and I didn't want to see it happen, is that he's going to walk away from this prayer and turn the corner. Find the character. And, yeah, and here's going to be this character that he was looking for. And I was really happy when it didn't happen that way. And uh, I think so many TV shows are in a rush to fix the problems and stuff. And this this one tells a good story because while you're trying to fix one problem, a lot of the times the actions seem to make that problem even worse. Mm -hmm. And you dig a deeper hole than you thought you were in before. And and now you've got even less resources to dig yourself out. And that makes for a great story. And, you know, I'm sure that's part of why we've liked it because... Yeah. Things just don't turn out well no. a lot of the time. And it's you know? unpredictable. Yeah, right. And that's real world stuff. And, and see, what got me is the reason I mentioned that scene is because I think Rick automatically assumed that was supposed to be my sign from God, but it turned out being this horrible thing, which may, which probably means that God hates me or, or that God doesn't care what's going on or with us. Or maybe God doesn't exist. <laughs> right, right. That's tricky. When we get into real life and start talking about why did this bad thing happen to me? Does this mean that, you know, God doesn't care, he's gone away or or something like that? So I really appreciated the fact that even in this stupid zombie world, <laughs> there's still, it's still the real world. And I'm glad that the characters have to struggle with deep thoughts and... And the answers don't come very easily. But generally, what you're saying is, you can almost see, as soon as a character starts making bad decisions, and especially when you see a character in the in the group start making decisions that are bad for the group without telling anybody and trying to hide it, boy, you know right away, this is not going to work out well. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it never does. Right. Yeah. So that's been good. I've, I really like that a lot. And the last part of the covenant is succession, where we talk about how this is, how this arrangement that we have, this covenant in the Bible, but the arrangement that's going on in the story, how is this going to continue and move forward? And I think The Walking Dead is exploring that a little bit too, with uh, babies and children and stuff like that, and what's going to happen with them, and how does living in this world make them different than a kid in this world? And yeah. You have any thoughts on that? I don't know. I think that, um, I don't know. I feel like they're going to have to go through a, an, enough hard times that it's going to make things really tough and that they're going to probably end up losing more people. And um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how morals and, um, just the way that they think changes or right. um, maybe lines up with what the Bible has to say or what it doesn't have to say, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I have talked about it. I thought, and I think this is this has been fascinating for us to talk about and discuss it, but the specific issue of 
now we have this group of survivors and now we're trying to figure out how to govern ourselves mm -hmm. and what would that look like and and you and I've talked about well you if you were really going to do that you might want to actually write up like some rules and and you would want to base your ethics on on the bible and the law of god and right. you'd almost want to form like a little nation of israel sort of thing you know and and that these are the rules we're going to expect each other to live by and this is the guy that's going to settle controversies and make decisions and stuff and so that's been fascinating but the thing that you and I, I think, recently have been bothered by is how. You okay, you go and say. <laughs> is it about how um, to deal with new people coming yeah, into the yeah. group? Yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, explain that issue and what you think about it. All right, so this group and um, Rick, as a, as the leader, I guess unofficial leader, but pretty official, <laughs> they struggle a lot. Um, and I think more so these, this season than they have in the past with bringing in new people that they see and um, what are they going to do with this new person that we have because they're trying to deal with... The struggle is the dilemma for bringing in a new person into the group is that they don't want... They want to make sure that they're safe and they want to make sure that this character doesn't go off and get another group and then take over everything that they have. Right. But, um, so the solution currently, should I say the solution currently? Yeah, go ahead. The solution currently is to just really not let anyone into the group. Right. And me and my dad were kind of talking, like, that's really unrealistic. Yeah. There's no way that you're going to be able to survive very long if you're losing all these people in your group and you're not bringing anybody in. And, right. You know, so we were kind of thinking about different ways that you could bring in a person without well, the yeah. risk of... A smaller group of survivors yeah. or something like that. Yeah. How do you incorporate them? Because they've kind of already run into situations where, like in that one place, <laughs> <laughs> in the bar, where they ran into survivors and it pretty becomes apparent pretty soon that these survivors are a danger to them and are right. going to be just as deadly as the And zombies. I think that was the first time that the yeah. show kind of took that flip to where it wasn't just now trying to defend yourself against zombies and defend your group against zombies, but there's also all these other people. Right. Because now the world has turned into Right, and I think that goes back to... Jungle rules and stuff like that. You know your ethics, the line right. of exactly. blurring the line. How do we know what's right and wrong and... If survival is the highest ethic, then anything you do in order to survive must it's be right. the right yeah. thing. And so they've been exploring that. And they, Rick is gun-shy about bringing in new people, but, you know, this is a war of attrition. The zombies are picking off one or two every couple of months, <laughs> yeah. and you're just losing these. And how every war of attrition... You have to find a way of replenishing your supplies, and mm -hmm. replenishing your numbers, and they're just—they're running into survivors that are decent people, yeah. and they're and they're ignoring them or sending them away. And, and I'm sure I'm I'm sure that they there will come a time when they have to deal with realizing, okay, we need to bring people in, and we need right. to figure out how to do this. I don't know if they're going to do it the way that we've. Right. Kind of expected them to. What would be the Bible answer? I think 
I think as I read the Old Covenant and read how Israel was supposed to deal with strangers and like runaway slaves from other countries and stuff, I think you bring them in and you have one law for you and for them, but you don't necessarily give them all the rights that you give everybody else until they've proven themselves, you know, give them a certain amount of time. If if we have to clean up a room full of gross zombie bodies and stuff, that's you're gonna do it. <laughs> you're gonna be doing that job for the next year, and and uh, you're gonna be scrubbing blood and brains off the walls because that's your job as the new guy. And at some point, you need to be able to then take an oath both to God and to the group, and so you'll come into our little covenant that we have going on. Are you going to have people lie? Yeah, you will. And you're going to have people that violate the terms of their oath and all that. But you just really don't have a choice. But at some point, you got to start trusting people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you keep your eyes open and, and be aware. But I think the answer in the Bible was you, you welcome people in, make them abide by your rules, but you don't necessarily make them full members until they've proven themselves. You know, that would have saved that one guy on the side of the road, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Man, we, I felt really bad. <laughs> we both felt terrible about that. We can't even talk about that it. That was awful. But it was, <laughs> it was horrible. So I guess our point has been we're realizing you can't just have an attitude of total distrust toward strangers. You're going to die if mm -hmm. you do that. And, and then if you have that yeah. attitude, what happens when something within your group goes wrong? Sure. Yeah. That's just going to... Totally tear everything apart. Yeah, as your numbers dwindle, now one made your argument and, and you're split in half or something like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's the biblical covenant. I think you and I could go on talking about this for a while, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we've I think we've hashed this out. So doggone, I say go find this on Netflix and if you're not terribly grossed out, if you can appreciate good makeup and and special effects right. and stuff. It's a really, really good story. It's better than I had ever thought it would be. I'd heard about it before, but yeah. I was never really interested in it. But as soon as we started watching it, it's a really good story. And it's got some really decent characters. And um, yeah. I just, 10 out of 10, recommend <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm kind of with you. I feel like out of all of the things we've reviewed on this podcast, this is the one I'm currently most enthusiastic about. And would really say, no, you got to watch this just to deal with the ethical questions and exercise your own sense of what's right and wrong. And, and it's a show that makes you think, too. It really does. It really does. Which is better than just taking something in and being like, oh, okay. And it's great. As soon as an episode's done, if you're watching with somebody else, you can turn it off and, and start talking strategy. Like, and if you're like us, what's we'll the move? talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. What's the next move here? What's the right move here? What What's going to happen? And so it, it really is a conversation starter for us, and I think that's part of the reason we've really had a good time with it. Wouldn't be as fun if I wasn't watching it with my daughter. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll end it here. We could go on and on. But thanks for joining us on this episode of the Worldview Media Podcast. We're all about inspiring Christians to be good storytellers and take dominion even in the, in the realm of storytelling and arts and media. All the word should be applied to all of life. And that includes arts and entertainment and all that. So go out and take dominion for Christ. It's his anyway. Take it. 
Dang it! <laughs> Amen. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>